millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Where are you coming from in this one? Your 100% essential download. Jim White and Simon Jordan. You've let this get out of control. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hi, this is Jim White, and you're listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. It's a podcast that brings you the best of the best of our show. Today, we hear from the Everton owner, Fahad Mashiri, who's defended his ownership of the club and called for unity from the fan base. The Everton fans react to that interview and voice their frustrations. Plus, we hear from Paul from NS Now. The fan group organising a sit-in protest at Goodison Park this weekend. This is Outspoken with White and Jordan. I see you just rolling up your rolling sleeves up my there, sleeves, Mr. Jordan. Preparing for another episode of the White and Jordan Show. Yes, indeed, my friend. Missed you yesterday. Simon, you. Uh, a lot going on. We're going to hear from Farhad Mashiri very shortly. Mm-hmm. Up against it at Everton. Yep. But uh, Southampton fans rejoicing. There's a result that could turn a season round, maybe. Possibly. I mean, sometimes cups offer a reprieve or, or some relief. Um, not often do they offer the entire solution. I remember many years ago with with Crystal Palace going on a great cup run to the semi-finals of the, of the um, same tournament. The moment the wheels came off in that tournament, we lost to Liverpool. Bang, league form went again. You saw what Southampton are capable of. You also saw what Man City can be put under pressure to not look like at times. I like teams fronting up to Man City, not being terrified of them. Yeah. But I think you have to say that... The interesting thing, the most important statistic, besides them getting to a semi-final of a cup, is their reaction in the next game. Because they've got Everton next, haven't they? Um, That's right. And that is the the more compelling result, because they would swap three points and winning games in the Premier League and maintaining their position in the Premier League and getting off the bottom of the table, probably for cup runs. Yes. But they can use it as leverage to get some belief... You know, it's, it's, it, sometimes it beggars belief how fragile these footballers are. They need to get a result to believe in themselves. We all get to listen to how wonderful they are and how they get paid at levels that are way beyond the economic scale of anyone's understanding. Yet they're all so bereft of confidence, it would seem. <laughs> OK, let's get to it. The game you mentioned, Everton against Southampton. It's live in Talk Sport this coming Saturday. Talk Sport 2 uh, this Saturday for that one. Now, in an open letter to the fans who've been calling for sack the board, Everton owner Farhad Mashiri has reaffirmed his commitment to the ownership of the club as well as uh, delivering a vote of confidence in the manager 
Frank Lampard. But what we know is this. Uh, a whole number of Everton fan groups are planning a sit-in protest with banners at Goodison after the club's game against Southampton on Saturday, protesting at the way Mashiri has run the club thus far. So, the open letter, the fans saw it last night. Simon, we'll get your reaction to that and to what Farhad told me a short time ago. Because a short time ago, just before we came on air, I caught up with Farhad Mashiri and I asked him straight, do you think Everton fans still have faith in you and your decisions? Well, I hope so. You know, I put my money where my mouth is and, you know, that is most that an owner can do. And I've done that. And some of the decision we've taken is together with the fans, right? All the managers who've been left, been driven by the fans, not by me initially. And I think you've got to stay with the manager to get the systems going, you know, the players that he buys. You know, I have a lot of faith in, in Frank. You know, he'll get it right. So what do you say to those who are planning to protest this weekend? Well, I think protest is a democratic right of everyone, right? You know, so I think their feeling is well known. You know, we are communicating. But I would say the biggest thing is to support the team. So we need to give it and they'll give it back to us. And Farhad, finally, I mean, do you still have faith in your board? Many Everton fans have been asking for you to, to dismiss them, to sack them. Look, I think they've been there for a long time. You know, some are new appointments, but uh, they're long-standing, they're dedicated, they're local. And it's so important to keep a club in Liverpool, you know, with roots in Liverpool. And those are the roots, the roots of the club. They love the club. You know, they've been attending games under every condition. And it's just building a £760 million stadium one of the best in the country is an enormous challenge for a club so i think they need to acknowledge that they're going through a transformation and and they are working extremely hard and you know i've added to the board every now and again to support and you know when needed you know we do it again but you know you can't just take rash decisions we have two big games saturday and on the 21st that's the only focus. That's the only focus. Uh, mm-hmm. That was Farhad Mashiri speaking to me a short time ago. So, Simon, as I said, going into that, the fan groups are planning a sit-in protest. <laughs> yep. uh, they will nonetheless be protesting uh, at the game at the weekend. Mashiri backs Lampard. Mm-hmm. Mashiri says their right to protest is a democratic one and they've got every right to do it, should they wish to do that. He would prefer them to back the team. And he says, this board, well, I've tried to add to the board as often as I could. He said, they're dedicated, they're local, they're in Liverpool. Yep. And that's a way ahead. What do you, what's your take on it? Well, I mean, look, I mean, I listen to both. I, obviously, I have a natural empathy with, with owners because I've been in that situation and I know what a difficult job it can be. And he's absolutely right. There's no doubt that he's put his money where his mouth is. But that's kind of irrelevant if a club of Everton size, size is sitting in the bottom three of the Premier League, narrowly avoided getting relegated last year, and probably has been an unprecedented Horlicks for the last five years under his ownership. Now, it's easy to say, it's easy to take a swing at people, and I also don't think it's particularly constructive that the fans talk about sack the board. Let's get something straight. The board of a football club are really just an incarnation of the owner. The owner has the ultimate authority. He's the money. 
it's a difficult job being a chief executive of a football club or a board member because you have all the authority but you're divested from the power because the money has the power and he is the money. So when you say sack the board, you mean sack Mashiri because Mashiri is the guy that appoints the board. Mashiri is the guy that takes the recommendations. Mashiri is the guy that's the absentee landlord that isn't going to games, that isn't front and centre, that's reacting to letters from fans rather than being on the front foot and communicating in a slightly better way. Now, whatever you say when your team is stinking the division out and you're a side of Everton's stature and previous calibre, you ain't going to get a particularly accommodating audience because your team on the pitch is not reflective of what the fans mm. want to see. Oh, he knows he's up against And it. they can take it out on Bill Kenwright, but Bill Kenwright does not have the controlling influence over the football club. Farhad Mashiri does. And if Bill Kenwright isn't doing things in the best interest of the football club, that's for Farhad Mashiri to be able to correct. And if they want to make targets at Denise and other people, and it's undoubtable that the performance of the football club stems from the controls of those at the top. Team reflects leader. Who's the leader? Mashiri. Mashiri hasn't done... You know, when you look at these appointments, it's playground stuff. Who in their right mind... Anybody with any common sense about football would have suggested that Rafael Benitez was the right fix for the particular malaise that Everton had, which was an underperforming side, a slightly disenfranchised fan base because they were seeing football that they didn't enjoy. And so what you do is you bring in someone like Benitez, who's a divisive character at best and have clearly positioned in the Liverpool camp and attributed certain derogatory comments about Everton to himself in the past. So I look at Mashiri, and whilst I, you know, in economic terms... He dwarfs any financial achievements I've had in my life. But that doesn't make him a good football operator. Of course, my end tenure at Palace was I ran out of money. But on the whole, the majority of decisions I made at Palace weren't greeted with the disdain and contempt that he seems to have earned for himself. It is preposterous that he's allowed the football club to overspend by £350 million, price it back in with adjustments to just get under financial fair play. So under his financial governance, because it's his money, he's allowed a football club to be absolutely hamstrung by the fact that they really can't flex and bend and buy players anymore because they're under special measures from the Premier League. Do you, as a former owner yourself, do you have any sympathy with Farhad Mashiri? Well, well, of course I do, because the argument being advanced is that the best owners are ones that put their hands in their pocket and no one can doubt the fact he put his you know, money where his mouth is. But that's great. But you've spent half a billion quid of your money to waste everybody's time, including yours, and to degrade the football club that you're in. Now, we can all turn around and say, I put my best foot forward, I put up a good fight. Well, a good fight isn't one you turn up to, a good fight is one you win. And Everton are fourth or third from bottom in the Premier League. They've got a substandard playing squad. I don't think they've got the most progressive forward-thinking board. And I don't think they've got a coach capable of taking Everton anywhere near in the mind's eye of the Everton fans they'd like to be. He backs Lampard, though. Is that the right thing to publicly back him this morning? What else can he do? Uh, What else can he do? He appointed him. You know, he backed, he backed Benitez until, you know, the vision arrived that actually this was a totally untenable position. The team stunk. The fans' reaction with the manager was absolutely dreadful. And so here we are now. No, we must not always... I, con- I was just going to say, it's a crunch game this weekend, though, Simon, and he's chosen before well, the crunch game I, I, to back him. Well, of course, because if they get beat by Southampton, who are in the same position as they're in, that there's going to be an even louder outcry. We must be careful not to conflate the vociferous minority with the overall feeling. But I have to say... I've got friends that are Everton fans 
influential, significant people that aren't just rabble-rousers that get the cross at the slightest touch sign of adversity. And these guys are looking at it again. What the hell is going on with his football club? And, you know, I'm not looking to sing, 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 single Frank out or anybody of that nature or just to lay on and make observations that are very easy to make when you're sitting in the cheap seats. But come on now, this isn't good enough. It's not good enough for Everton Football Club. And Mashiri writing open letters to the fans is not my version of leadership. Leadership means you're at the front of the queue, you're accountable for the decisions you make, you give people clear visions. More of the same, I, you know, I want Everton to be a better football club. Well, we hardly think you want it to be a bleeding worse one, do we? No, but he's communicating. Well, he's communicating in a way that's sort of hands-off communication. It's basically responding to the fact he's been put in a position where he can't potentially ignore the background noise. He needs to try and quell the rumblings. And quelling the rumblings by effectively saying more of the same... But also, it isn't also just an ideal to be reactive to what other people think you should do. I believe that if people want to focus their ira at anybody, and it's not constructive, I get, I guess, but if they're going to do it, they can't be shouting, sack, sack the board. The guy that is ultimately the... I've owned a football club. I was the money. I know who made the decisions. Me. I listened to people that worked for me, and I did what I wanted to do. And so does he. So when you say sack the ball, what's that going to achieve? If the same fella's at the top, he'll make the same decisions he's made before and just replace like for like, because that's what you do. Okay. So the, the IRA, unfortunately for Fahad, is needs to be directed at him. And rather, sacking the ball and getting rid of Denise and calling Bill whatever else you want to call him because he apparently won't sell his shares and blocks this, that and the other... Mashiri's the culprit in this. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. And we're going to take some calls. Many Evertonians getting in touch. Simon, you were a owner yourself. You put your money where your mouth was. You can identify with quite a bit of Of what he's saying. Of course. Of course that's the fundamental... It's one of the most dispiriting actual parts of being an owner because really all you're there for is to pay money and all people want to hear is how much money they're going to get but there is also at the end of the day if you want to be involved in how a business runs and you want to make sure that the people that you put in place are capable of doing their jobs then you manage them and if he wants to be an absentee landlord um, and not be in you know there is a point of view which says just put the people in place give them their head let them do their jobs but there's also a responsibility to make sure these people are doing their jobs and I don't just mean the manager I mean all aspects of the football club so that it's facing the way you want it to so if he's prepared to spend 500 million quid of his money you'd want to think that he was really really immersed in every aspect of the football club so it represents what he wants and he has made changes. He took brands out, didn't he, in favour of Rafa Benitez. And he makes decisions and he makes choices and a very easy place to land it at sack the board. Fundamentally, the players on the pitch and the managers haven't been good enough. But he's the one that allowed these players to be bought. He's the one that appointed these managers. And he's the one that's allowed the situation to deteriorate to such a point where Everton now are a club that you would pick to get relegated. Well, this kind of depicts the mood. Nick is an Evertonian. He says, what Farhad Mashiri has just said to you is well and good. On the other end of a phone line. I've been going to games since I was five. I'm now taking my own five-year-old son, bringing him up to watch this absolute shower. Don't even want to get out of bed now on a match day. Never mind drag myself and my son to Goodison. Mashiri wants to try experiencing himself before writing his open letters and taking phone calls from you. Not like he can't afford the the travel, whatever he's hibernating at this time, says Nick. I said we're going to invite some calls and that's exactly what we do in this show. We try and get the main people involved in the story to talk to us and then we'll react. So Chris, Evertonian, first up, you can react first. Chris, good morning. What do you make of it? Good morning, Sam. Good morning, Jim. Big morning, Chris. Show. Um, I run one of the Everton pages called Blue Steel, and I've been 
running that for the last eight or nine years. I've been a fan all my life. Don't live in the city anymore, but I regularly travel to all the games. I was at Old Trafford on Friday. You can look at it in two ways. You can say we've got a split fan, fan base, which we have. Some want to support the ownership, others don't. So there's one key problem. The fans aren't aligned. Now, if you look at this, I'm going to reel off some things that I've pointed down. 1.2 billion, because if I had saying it's 750 odd million on the stadium, plus 500 million plus on players... Now, Simon will know this more than anyone. When you take over a football club, the first thing you've got to look at is all aspects. You've got to build solid foundations at a football club. The rest then you've got to build upon over years. You've got to have a clear strategy and plan. Now, that was after Marco uh, Marco Silva came in. And I, I like Marco Silva. Maybe wasn't given the time, but look what he's gone on to do with Fulham, with full control of the football club. The board, ma- so the, the owner, the board matches the owner, which Simon said. So where are these board members, right, that are there, that they're all aligned? How can any of them accept Rafa Benitez as a manager? That's, that's It was a poor, poor mistake. Do, do you back Frank, put- Chris? I do back Frank. And the reason, I, I, I posted on my page a, a couple of years ago about Frank Lampard. Young manager, he's got a lot to prove yet. Granted, with Frank, the experience isn't quite there. He's done well at Derby, a lot of lone players, so he had good players. Went to Chelsea, like any Chelsea manager, as, as Potter's finding out now, it's a struggle if you're not doing well. But with Everton, he's shored up the back line, Frank, so I do support him. But there's two more things that aren't right at Everton. One, we sold Lukaku. Now, every fan at Everton saying, we need a striker, we need a striker. We've never replaced him. We sold Richarlison. We haven't really replaced him. Now, one key point in this, where is Farhad? Long-distant relationships do not work, or they don't really work that well. If he's, if he's writing on his letter that everyone's aligned and the focus of the club and the fans are aligned for a better Everton, he needs to be there at the game, surely, to see it firsthand and listen to the fans. Let's have an answer that, Chris. What, what's your well, take I do think that's saying? right. I think you can make the other argument that Sheikh Mansour isn't every single game. Uh, and that ultimately he's got a team of people that just spend money and ultimately get the best managers in. Everton aren't in that position. The reasons why they're not signing players, Chris, though, is because you're under special measures. You can't. You can't start. You've got balanced books. You've you've managed to get yourself just under financial fair play by a couple of million quid by putting COVID adjustments in there and allowing the stadium financing and stadium investment costs in terms of planning permissions to be recapitalised. But you're in an incredibly invidious, invidious position, which is you need the Premier League's permission before you do transactions. So that means you can't just go out there and buy players indiscriminately because Mashiri's got the money. He can't spend it right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand that. But Chris, round your call off for us. Well, I'm going to give you another v- few few seconds with us, but round it off for us. Will you protest on Saturday? I would do, yeah. I think you can only go so far as a fan before you start losing. And if he spent all this money, who's making the decision on transfers? That's the first question I'd do. It can't always be down to the managers because you hear stories of things going on in boardroom level. So, like I said at the beginning, good foundations need to be set at Evan. We could be building a stadium, a, cl- a club and the team can't do well in, you know what I mean? How can okay. you have a stadium that hasn't got the playing staff to, to do well? Chris, thanks for joining us. Neil is one of many Evertonians trying to get through. Neil, good morning. Keep it brief, but what would you like to say? Yeah, basically, um, the last call has summed up a lot of what I think, but there's two things going on here. First and foremost, off the pitch, it can't be disputed that Farhad Mashiri is delivering things for Everton. The stadium is ahead of schedule. It looks magnificent and it will be magnificent. The decisions at football on the footballing side have been poor. Eight managers in nine seasons, that leads to a mismatch of a squad that some managers brought in and others didn't. 
But this squad of players is capable of much more than it has delivered in the past two seasons. There's no question about that. It shouldn't be in the bottom three. Should it be challenging for Europe? No, it shouldn't. But it shouldn't be in the bottom three. The players need to step up and get us the eight wins between now and the end of the season to keep us up, stay next season, and take us into the new stadium in the Premier League, which will open up more commercial opportunities, potentially a sale of the club, and it's only it can only head one way then with proper management at boardroom level. What a good call. What a good call. Neil, having said all that, will you protest? Well, I'm, I won't be there Saturday. The protests, we get the message. So all the fan groups, we know. We know how you all feel. Let's get back behind the team like we did last season. Unfortunately, it doesn't sit comfortably with some fans, but we're going to have to do it again. We're going to have to welcome the bus. We're going to have to sing Spirit of the Blues for 90 minutes. We're going to have to have the flags, the banners, the flares. Unfortunately, being an Evertonian, we're going to have to do it again. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. The Everton fan group, which has organised a sit-in protest against the board. Now, that sit-in protest will be seen this Saturday, Simon, after Everton's match against Southampton. That's live on TalkSport 2. Paul from NS Now, good morning. Morning. Paul, thanks very much uh, for joining us. In the past, supporters groups have said, well, owners don't communicate enough with fans. Mashiri sent you an open letter last night and he spoke to us this morning. So you can't fault him for that, surely? Jim, before I answer that question, I just have to say that is the, one of the most disturbing interviews from a club owner I've ever heard. Um, I, I'm an Evertonian who's watched Everton for over 50 years and I've seen good times and I've seen bad times. But the situation that we've got now is we've got an owner that sounds as if he's completely out of touch with reality. The reality is that this football club in the seven years that he has been here uh, has deteriorated year in, year out. Our competitive position has deteriorated. Why is that? Well, it's not because of a lack of resource, because he's, as, as he said, possibly the one accurate thing that he did say was that he's poured money into the club. <clears throat> we understand that, we know that, and we appreciate it. But you've got to look at how it's been spent, and then you've got to look at how the club has been run. 
And not only do we now seem to have a, an owner that seems totally out of touch with reality, but we've got one of the weakest boards in the Premier League. And that's why this protest has built over, over a period of time. Everything, you, don't need me, you don't need me to tell you that the Everton support is some of the most loyal and some of the most um, vociferous um, Oh, for sure. They're so passionate. I agree. In the country. I agree. Know, we, yeah. we sell Goodison out week in, week in, week, in, week out. And there's hardly ever an away game where we don't take up a full allocation of tickets. Um, and what we expect from Everton Football Club is what all Evertonians over all generations have expected. Um, we, we want to see good football, but we, most of all, we want to see people who care about the club and represent the club in the way that we think the club should be represented. And what I just heard from Fahad Mashiri is so far from that and what the board have done in recent years is so far from that. That I, I am truly disturbed as to the future of our football club. Well, you, 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 you saw in his open letter last night, Paul, in the final line of it, the focus of myself, the club and the fans is aligned, a better Everton. And I'm confident we can move forward but, in a constructive and positive manner. But, now, but he says it is your democratic right, of course, to protest. And it is. But it's a protest post-match constructive. His actions don't match his words. That's the problem. No, but I'm asking you, Paul. Uh, is a protest when he's asking for the fans to be constructive and align yourselves with us? Is a is a post match protest constructive? When when we were five points behind Burnley with five games to go last season, and just actually just before that, the fans took it upon themselves to start these uh, coach greets. And, and I don't know if you I don't know if you were ever at Goodison when one of them happened, but you will rarely have seen anything like it in English football. The idea that the fans aren't aligned with the interests of the club is wrong. Look what's happening on Saturday. On Saturday, there's going to be a fan greet before the game. So we're expecting several thousand fans to be outside Goodison Park to uh, greet the coaches a couple of hours before the game. And then during the game, Everton will get the normal level of support that they get at every home game at Goodison Park. But after that, there's going to be a sit-in. And it's going to be a peaceful sit-in in, in, in the sense that there's not going to be any stupidity or anything else. But this sitting is actually an act of support. And, and why do I say it's an act of support? It's because we've, we've been yeah. driven to this. We've been driven to this by the actions of the, of the owner and by the uh, inability of this board uh, to compete in the Premier League. Everton Football Club, you know, are one of five ever present clubs in, in, in the Premier League. How do we find ourselves in a position, as uh, Simon talked about earlier, where we can't compete in the transfer market because of the bad decisions that we've made in the past. Here is now, Simon, Paul. Here is Simon. I was going to say, Paul, I mean, obviously I understand the concern you have. Obviously, talking about some of the worst things you've ever heard from an owner, then you need to plug your ears into what Roland de Chatelet was saying and people like Steve Dell, which are far more damaging things that were ever said about football clubs. Fahid Mashiri, his biggest mistake, is a fool and his money were lucky enough to get together in the first place because he's not deploying it well. But what is it... When you make this observation, and tragically for me, I've spent a lot of time around football boards, and I would suggest to you, on the whole, most of them are there with levels of competence that would come to questionability or question their competence level. So when you say to me about this board that you've got, and I've got no skin in the game. I don't defend Bill Kenwright because I like him. I couldn't care less about Denise. I have a real uh, warmth towards your football club, having sold players to you in the past and always enjoyed Everton as a football club. But I do find it perplexing when you put up this gold standard of bald, balls inside the Premier League and say, well, they can't compete with any of them. 
Who are you talking about? It wasn't so long ago that Arsenal's ball was a disgrace Everyone and the Arsenal fans were up in arms about them. Man City, well, that's a different dynamic. Newcastle wasn't so long ago a disgrace. Man United's been all over the place for the last 10 years and I can go down the Premier League and I can levy criticism at every single board. The Tottenham fans dislike Daniel Levy intensely and on and on we go. Let me, let me read out a charge sheet against the Everton board. Okay. Gross incompetence. And why do I say that? A failure to control Farhad Mashiri's poor uh, decisions, so he's made. But you, I'm sorry, Paul. I just want to stop you there for one no, second. No, no, you Sam, can't control you ask, an owner, Paul. You, you, you can't you, control you ask, the money. The money controls the board. That's how it really Sam, works. Sam, Not Sam, in the ideal ask, world where you might live. Minute. The Sam, money I've, controls I've, things. Simon, I've, I've, I've heard you say this before, so let let me say what I want to say, oh, and, then, yeah. and, then, and then you can come back. To okay, me. mate. So, gross incompetence, and why do I say that? A failure to control uh, Farhad Mashiri's poor decisions. A failure of governance. You know, we have an, an executive-only board. We have no independent directors. We have nobody who can provide oversight or provide external views to the board. We have a failure of financial controls. You're, you're, you're a money man. You, you understand uh, the damage that's been done to Everton in terms of the losses over recent years. And I know there's mitigating factors in terms of COVID and stuff, but all football clubs yeah. have those mitigating yeah. factors. Yeah. A total inability to build... Um, commercial revenues outside of a, a friendly sponsor in USN. And ultimately, and I think this is the problem with the board in terms of the culture of the club, we've built a totally uncompetitive culture within the football club. You know, if you look at, for example, Manchester City, and yes, you can argue about, you know, the amount of resources and, and everything that they have. But if you look at the manager that they have and the expectations and the standards that he sets, that is, for example, in terms of uh, corporate culture, in terms of competitive culture, that is the gold standard to use your Some word. would say, Paul... And we have none of that. Some would say that there was an attempt at that with the introduction of Carlo Ancelotti as a blue-chip manager. I always felt it was the wrong fit. I thought he did you a favour to come down for an enormous salary and wasn't committed to the calls, and off he went to the first opportunity. But some would say that he tried that mantra of bringing in what people would perceive. Now, also, you can look at Man City, and Man City fans will just dislike me intensely for saying it, but they've been caught up in all kinds of financial fair play situations themselves over the last 10 years and sanctioned on the back of it. No, so Everton are alone, and there's a whole raft of football clubs, including Liverpool, that have been caught within the confines of having sanctions about the way that they are being challenged about their financial running of the football club. Your biggest problem is that he's picked the wrong managers. Benitez, I can't fathom. No. Just alienate you. That's from, a one. That's uh, a one. But your I, biggest I, problem I is that you've got an owner. And I, again, I disagree with you. I understand what your point of view is. If you've got a strong board, then ultimately you get more control over what the owner will do. But I can assure you and I can reassure you that the idea that the money, chief executives in football clubs that have owners that have the ability to be able to finance a football club the way Mashiri's chosen to do, are simply people that have authority to a certain level and then they're divested of that authority by the money in the room. So you can, I don't care who you put in that boardroom. You could have put Kenyon in there, you could put anyone in there. Mashiri and that kind of personality will still do what they want. So your issue is not with Denise, is not with Bill Kenwright and a boardroom of directors that you think you need independent representation in there, is in your owner. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back each weekday to bring you the best of the show. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.